0: Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. From the broadcast to the podcast, it is your man DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. What we doing? Yes, you can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop, 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 pop. and on my in cool. Hold up, why them haters mad? Stop in us, ain't no topping us, they be watching us, be so prosperous, ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us, they be watching us, be so prosperous. Oh, you didn't know? You asked better call somebody. Yes, y'all, yes, y'all, tell a friend to tell a friend because we are back live. On the net, it is your man DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio, and the cool is in full effect, uh, ladies and gents. Uh, thank you for tuning into the show. We have a lot to get into on today's episode. I know it's been about it's been about a month and a bit since I last uh, made an upload, but nonetheless, I come bringing gifts. All right. So there's been a lot of things happening, and one of the biggest things that have been happening is the. Ever continuing meltdown of Kanye West. So I always try to avoid Kanye topics, but you know I've had people asking me in my DMs and stuff like that when I'm gonna drop something about Yeezy and what, what I have to say about everything. So you know I give the people what they want, right? So we're gonna be talking about that today on uh, on our mic check segment. Other than that. I want to talk about Will Smith for a bit. I know uh, Draymond Green throwing hands on this on his teammate. What that means for him, and then a new trailer just dropped for a remake. Yes, a remake of House Party. Yes, that House Party movie, Kid and Play. Yeah. Um, so we're definitely gonna talk about that and who it's being produced and written by, uh, and then. You know what? I'm not going to say what the Wednesday of the week is. I I never do. I never want to reveal that off the top because I want you guys to be surprised. But this one's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm I'm going to have a field day with this one. Guaranteed. But before I get into all of that, you guys already know what time it is. You already know at the top of the show that I like to get some things off of my chest to uh, get things ramped up. So on that note, it is time. To let that ish breathe. Let Let this bitch breathe. breathe. So, what I want to talk about. Off the top of the show today. Is, you know, do a cool review. We haven't done a cool review in a minute, right? You know, whether it's television, film, music. All that good stuff. Uh, But I'm going to review a show. By the way, there will be some spoilers in here. I don't know how many spoilers in there. But I'm going to like name drop one or two spoilers. So I'm just letting you guys know from now. Um, But. This one show, ooh, this one show did not sit well with me at all. And it's from the House of Marvel, of all places. Ladies and gents, I'm talking about She-Hulk. All right. Now, She-Hulk has been creating up quite a bit of controversy over the last, you know, nine weeks that it's been airing on Disney Plus and what have you. Um, So I want to watch the show, you know, with an objective eye and see what was the what was the big idea about you know this being controversial or or this being divisive or whatever the case may be so i watched it for myself and i watched the majority of the episodes there's only one episode that i missed because that was the most filler of fillery episodes that you can possibly imagine and honestly i got to say She-Hulk is by far the worst show that the MCU has produced it's the worst i'm sorry it's the worst it's the worst um so objectively speaking i did not like the show mainly because of the writing i thought the writing was very lackluster i thought the writing was uninspired at times it it, it lacked a certain amount of original uh, amount of originality And far too often, I felt like the writing was dedicated more to taking shots at the haters and stuff like that. Taking shots at the trolls, if you will. That was the crux of the show. And I feel like they did a disservice to the characters involved and as well as the actors involved. That's my main thing that I took away from it. Uh, So when it comes to the show in particular... It's supposed to be based off of the comic run from the late 70s up until now. And obviously, She-Hulk is related to the Hulk, Um, Bruce Banner. She is the cousin of Bruce Banner. Her name is Jennifer Walters, and she's a lawyer. And so basically how this show was supposed to be designed and stylized was that it was supposed to be a sitcom, like a a courtroom sitcom in a sense. And there are different aspects of past shows that were basically melded within to this particular uh, series. So you had... Elements of Ally McBeal, you had elements of Sex in the City, and then you also have your, your, your Marvel tropes in there as well. And the combination of all three did not, at least for me, did not satisfy me as a viewer. And this was a show that I was actually looking forward to watching. Now, I know going into the show, people were judging the CG and what have you. I was, and even I said to myself, the CG does look a little bit spotty. But then I did read reports that there have been a lot of VFX artists who were blasting marvel for their you know unrealistic time constraints and what have you so basically the cg wasn't finished in time or to the level that marvel wanted it so i'm like okay you know what if they're having like labor disputes and stuff like that then i'm not going to penalize the entire show as a whole for that right like that's some real life stuff that has to be dealt with so it is what it is but then i'm watching the show and i'm listening to the jokes and and this is the thing right here It's a sitcom. It's supposed to be a sitcom first and foremost. The problem is, it's not funny. There's been a few moments here and there where the jokes did land. I'm like, "Ah, okay, that was kind of funny, all right. But for the most part, the humor feels forced. It's one of those shows where you feel as though there's supposed to be a laugh track in the background to encourage you to laugh because the joke's just aren't funny and it's funny because marvel is already getting scrutinized in recent years because of the fact that they there's been a bit of an over-reliance on humor within their films and shows and we now have a show that is supposed to be a sitcom but it just wasn't on top of that not only was it supposed to be a sitcom but i feel like they wrote it like a 90s-style sitcom where all the stories are completely random and nothing really connects to anything. And in 2022, you can't make that kind of a series. Simply because of the fact that we are now in the era where streaming platforms reign supreme. It's only so long before you know network television goes the way of the dinosaurs. Unless if it's for live events, of course. But people are getting hooked onto shows that are on streaming platforms because there is a main plot point. And every episode is a progression to said plot point. There may be one, maybe two fillers at most. But even then, those fillers will create a moment of, let's say, levity. Or they may create a moment where you get to dive deeper into the characters of said series. And that's another thing that that this series lacked as well. Character development. There's little to no character development in here whatsoever. And as far as fillers are concerned, it felt like the majority of the, of the season was comprised of fillers because it felt like whatever happened in the previous episode there was no consequence of it that led into the next episode except for later down the line near as we were getting closer towards the end of the series and even that you're supposed to do that anyway but at least leave some breadcrumbs along the way so that we can get to that climax so that we can feel fulfilled and i just did not get that with this series and i think one of the biggest flaws of this show and i already mentioned it earlier is the fact that they use their writing talents to basically take shots at like the vocal minority of like incel males who don't like to see female superheroes and stuff like that just in general and i feel like a lot of people were using the trope of oh well it's a it's a it's a series led by a strong female woman that's why nobody likes it it's like no nobody dislikes it because of that reason it's because of the fact that the writing wasn't good and the fact that they almost wrote the character in a somewhat mary sue sense is what people don't like about it and i'm not even just talking about guys like there are women too that not only do i personally know but women who have you know made their critiques whether it's on youtube on podcasts or on just written reviews who have said that they don't like the show just because of how overly written a lot of these characters are just for the sake of you know diversity or whatever the case may be and there's a way of doing diversity within your shows and films without it being forced down your throats or being shoved in your face or for people to be forced to feel like they have to like it because 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 it it provides diversity diversity in a show or movie is supposed to be used as a strength not a crutch and I feel like it was sort of being used as a crutch because of the fact that they were hampering so many things about whether it's, you know, issues that women in society have to go through or whatever the case may be. If it, it felt as though it was being forced in 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 the in the face of the viewers to the point where it undercuts a lot of or a few rather, I should say, of the characters who are in the show. Prime example, and this was off of the first episode as well. Um bruce banner aka the hulk is teaching jennifer walters she hulk how to use her powers how to master her anger and her emotions and what have you because us as viewers of the mcu have seen what happens when when bruce banner loses his temper and loses control of his emotions he hulks out and he ruins towns and countries and shit like that we've seen that before what we've also seen is the traumatic events that he has gone through as a character from from his inception from the Incredible Hulk. Up until Avengers Endgame, we've seen it, it's well documented, but there's this one soliloquy that the Walters character had where she's listing all the reasons as to why she's able to master and control her emotions. And she she just goes on about how she gets catcalled and how there are, are male co-workers who undercut and undermine her abilities, even though she's better than them. And how, you know, she'll be seeing it as difficult to work with, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not saying that these issues aren't true. It's definitely true. It's the way that they're presented in the series that makes it very obvious that it's being hand-fisted. But at the end of that soliloquy, she basically states that this is why I know how to manage my emotions better than you. You as in Bruce Banner. And to me, I thought that was such a piece of shit thing to say. Because while you are bringing up excellent points about how you deal with your emotions and your anger, you do that simultaneously cutting down any and every single aspect of his trauma that he's ever gone through. Which to me is absolute bullshit. Like, that's a toxic character trait right there. And the joke is, if the Hulk were to do that to her, we'd be saying toxic masculinity, man culture, da-da-da-da, all that stuff. But because it's her, her being, like, the main emphasis of the series, as well as being written as a strong, you know, lead female, female character, I should say, th- no no one bats an eye to it. And I thought that was really, it, it was very disingenuous from, from what I saw. And right off the bat, it made me not want to root for the character. And, and like, the, your lead character is a character you want to root for. So when she goes off about that, it's like, man. Like you didn't have to do Bruce like that. Bruce is the one who's actually trying to help you. I can understand that she said that to one of the asshole idiot lawyers that she works with. I could definitely get that, but to say that to somebody who's actually been through what you're about to go through, as a Hulk, I thought that was bullshit. So that was that was my first indication. To let me know that this was going to be a struggle watch of a series. And I kept hoping to myself that that was going to be the worst episode of the series. Was it? It's definitely in that conversation for sure. Um, And yeah, just beyond that, it just was not a good effort. I would would entertain the idea of watching She-Hulk for a second season if they fired the entire writing team. Fire the in the entire writing team, including and especially Jessica Gao, because that was not a good performance at all. I'm sorry, the writing team failed this property, and this was actually a show that I was looking forward to watching. I was like, okay, it's you know, it's a comedy, whatever. Let us see, let's see what comes up about it, because like I I knew very little about She Hulk. I I knew of her existence, but I just knew very little of her. So I was like, okay, you know what? It's a Hulk, but with personality. Let me see what we get because me personally i'm not a big fan of the hulk character never have been i do like mark ruffalo and his performance of the hulk but it's never been one that's really gravitated towards me in fact i'm one of the few people who actually likes the combination of the brains of bruce banner and the bronze of the hulk combined into one. i'm one of the few people who likes that because i get overly tired of hulk smash hulk mad I, i don't care about that shit i don't i don't so i was actually looking forward to seeing A Hulk character with personality I was like, okay let me see what we get out of this and while it did come out in spurts here and there it wasn't consistent enough for me to enjoy this show so all that being said and I can say a whole lot more about it but I just don't have enough time on today's pod for it but all that being said if I had to rate She-Hulk on a scale of one to ten you know my cool score if you will I would have to give it 5 cools out of 10. 5 out of 10. And I wasn't as enthusiastic when I said the cool part because there's, there's very little to be enthusiastic about. I would say my favorite episode was the one when where Daredevil makes his appearance. That was my favorite episode, and it was mainly because of Daredevil. Now, I do like the chemistry between Daredevil and She-Hulk. I thought that chemistry was fantastic. What I also loved was the exchange that Matt Murdock, you know, Daredevil um having you know the back and forth with uh, jennifer walters in the courtroom that exchange that legal exchange if you will is what i've been dying to see in she hulk for the entire season far too often she goes to, uh, goes up against people who are just like beneath her in terms of you know uh, lawyers and what have you this was the first time when she actually met her match and seeing them duke it out you know verbally and legally of course back and forth was great and i wanted to see more of that but we just didn't and they left that till the final episode which, or one of the the penultimate episode i should say and that again that's just an example of bad writing like you try too hard to prop up this character to be damn near perfect But forgetting the fact that every hero has flaws, which is why we relate to the character and which is why we want to root for the character, because we have some sort of sense of relatability. And they forgot that part. Why? Because they're too focused on taking a big dump on the haters instead of just making a good show. But hey, that's just my opinion. Maybe I'm completely off base. Who knows? What I want to know from you all is, did you enjoy She-Hulk? Was it your favorite out of all the MCU shows and what have you? Either way, let me know. Hit me up on my socials and let's talk about it. All Alright, let's talk about Kanye for the mic check segment. Alright, let's talk about Kanye. Uh, I really don't watch him. (laughs) Ha ha ha! I really don't want to because it's the same shit that we go through almost every time he has some sort of neurotic breakdown. But again, here we are. I do I do this for you guys. Don't, don't ever let me catch you out on these streets saying I don't do anything for you. <laughs> but no, let's get into it though. Let's get into it. So as you guys already know, uh, Kanye debuted a pair of, a couple pairs or a lot of pairs of... White Lives Matter t-shirts over at Paris Fashion Week not that long ago. And so that obviously created a lot of controversy. Social media was up in arms. People were being very divisive about it. And then so we're all wondering, well, what is the meaning behind him wearing these shirts? Why is he wearing these shirts? So Candace Owens goes on her platform and says that, It was used as a way to bring attention to another issue. And Kanye said the exact same thing when he was uh, being interviewed by Tucker Carlson, a very um, annoying, overly right wing person from the Fox News family tree. So they both stated and mind you, these are completely different interviews that they did. um, But basically, they both stated that the reason why they did it was to bring attention to a larger issue which is abortion in the black community. So they stated that that was the reason that they did it. So let me start off by saying this before I I go in depth into what Kanye in particular said. So I have been saying for however many years now, I've lost count at this point, that whenever Kanye does or says something stupid within the media, it lets us know that he's about to roll something out, and in this case, when it came to the White Lives Matter T-shirts, it was his fashion line for Yeezy and the Yeezy brand and what have you. And we weren't that far removed from him moaning and complaining about how, you know, Adidas doesn't give him enough control and how, and how you know it should all be his when it comes to his sneakers and and how the way that he wants to sell the sneakers should be on him, when in reality. What this guy needs to understand and realize is that it's a partnership between yourself and Adidas. You may do the designs, but the patents for the materials that are used on your sneakers belong solely and exclusively to Adidas. From from Adaprene to Adazero, all that good stuff, it belongs to Adidas. So you have no say in that matter. Let me just get that out there right there, right now. Back to this topic. I think it's irresponsible that he, he wore a shirt that said White Lives Matter to his fashion campaign just so he could use that as a Trojan horse of sorts to talk about another large issue. If the issue is that large and you as Kanye West know that you are that large of a persona to bring attention to whatever cause that you're trying to bring attention to, then there's no need... To be outrageously controversial by wearing a shirt that says white lives matter when you know the impetus of that shirt, we're not that far from far removed from you know these uh court cases uh, of the capital on the riot happening right now, and it coincides with that because there was a bunch of angry redneck white people who were trying to storm the capital. And White Lives Matter are the shirts that those people would definitely wear. And that's a slogan that they live by because they feel undercut and underrepresented, ironically enough. So you knowing this, not to mention you being a supporter of Trump, who was advocating for messages like that, who also advocated for a message like Make America Great Again, coming from the same person who four years ago stated that slavery was a choice and who also stated that Harriet Tubman did not free the slaves, how did you think that people were going to react to that? So his excuse was that, you know, well, Black Lives Matter is a scam and, and everything in between and they don't care about black people. So let's talk about that for a second. Let, let's talk about that for a second. If we're talking about the Black Lives Matter organization, this is one of the rare times that I agree with Kanye because when he says that they're a scam, he's the organization, the organization itself is a scam. What he needs to do, however, is to make the distinction between the organization and the movement itself. I'll talk about the movement in a second. But when it comes to the organization, they were responsible for basically embezzling millions of dollars out of donations from from people countrywide and using those charitable donations to buy million-dollar properties all across America for themselves. And they use bullshit excuses to justify their reasonings for it. So instead of using that money and funding it in maybe, you know, an education proposal or you know after school programs or 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 anything that would benefit the black community in america in any way shape or form they used it to benefit themselves and when you do something like that it sets not only the organization but the movement back because now when people think of black lives matter they're unfortunately going to be thinking about the three or four people who are the head of the organization who scammed a whole bunch of people out of millions of dollars for their own self-interest. So that aspect of Black Lives Matter was definitely a scam. But Kanye needs to make the distinction between the organization itself and the movement because the whole principle of the movement is to bring light and attention and awareness to the fact that, you know, uh, that there's so many systemic issues that happen uh, within the black community within America and the fact that, Uh, A lot of police officers either harass, beat or kill unarmed black people at a disproportionate rate, despite the fact that they're one of the smallest minority groups in America. That was a whole point of the movement itself. So to call that aspect of the movement a scam, where you're just calling it a scam in general, is disingenuous. So going to the points that he wants to make about abortion Kanye was stating that abortion is one of the leaders in in black deaths in America. And he brought up a statistical point stating that 50% of abortions within New York City. Or sorry, he stated that uh, 50% of uh, black death in New York City is attributed to abortions. So my thing is this. Two things here. And one of the things I already mentioned, but I'll reiterate it once again. So one thing is if this was so important of a of a of a stat that you want to bring up, then you easily could have brought this up on its own, on its own merit, if it's that important. So that's one thing. Second thing is this. Abortions and listen, I don't I'm not even trying to advocate for one side or the other side, whether you're pro choice or pro life. I'm just giving you the facts right here. Abortions happen all the time. Okay, abortions happen all the time. So he's stating that 50% of black deaths are are due to abortion. I think that, I think the way he's framing it is a bit stretched out to say the least. But if you really want to make this an abortion thing, then think about the percentages of other communities within America that have abortions as well. I'm sure the, the numbers for the white community, for example, is a lot higher. And on top of that, this cloud that he's putting over people for making the decisions to have that type of operation is a little contradictory to see the least Seeing how he openly admitted and stated that he wanted to have an abortion for his first child but now you're out here advocating that abortion is bad listen at the end of the day everyone's situation is different and everyone's reason is their own as to why they want to have an abortion pre- performed the point is, you shouldn't use an issue like that and say that it's plaguing a community. Like I'm, like I, like I'm not even gonna state. Like I don't even want to state that it's an issue, because at the end of the day, it's still, it's still a choice that you, that you choose to enact on yourself. At the end of the day, so to use that and say that 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 is one of the leading leading causes of death within the community to me sounds disingenuous. Because if the survival of the community is what you're really trying to advocate for, then it wouldn't just be abortion that you would be attacking. You would be attacking obesity within the black community. You would be attacking you know, unlawful treatment toward, towards black people by, by police officers within the black community. You would be addressing gang violence within the black community. You would be ad- addressing the, the lack of education in the community, which leads to the prison pipeline system. There is a bevy of things that that heavily hinder and impact the black community when it comes to life expectancy and vitality and things of that nature but yet you're singling out one thing one thing within the community that by the way people do have a choice to enact or not and you're using that as your crux to push your agenda of being ultra pro-life that to me is disingenuous and that's One of the main reasons why I choose not to entertain Kanye and his foolishness because he believes himself to be a sanctimonious self-righteous individual when in reality, a lot of what he says and does, he does it for publicity, he does it for attention, and he does it to soothe his own larger sense of narcissism. This is who Kanye has been for a very long time. And what I get annoyed at the most is the fact that a lot of his hardcore fans, whether they were new fans from Jesus onwards, or even fans who were still trying to hang off for dear life who were around during the college dropout era, they are enabling his behavior. They're so caught up on, on the music that he puts out and how it's so transformative and how he's a genius and how we just don't understand what he's trying to say when he makes those comments. Listen. Those comments that he's been making, whether recently or in years past, have been clear as day. You are just choosing not to hold him accountable for said comments because of the fact that he puts out good music in your eyes or that he puts out really comfortable shoes or that his clothing is very edgy. You are letting his rollout package dictate your judgment for him and i said this for years if this were a lesser caliber artist who was saying or doing any of these things let it be kodak black let it be uh takashi 69 let it be triple x triple x test Tentacion, rest in peace let it be any lesser caliber recording artist within the rap community who was black let me just put that out there as well and you guys wouldn't say and you uh, sorry sorry not only would you guys in fact say a word you guys will be lambasting the hell out of him if he was on the caliber of those arts but because this is the same guy who gave us jesus walks this is the same guy who gave us gold digger this is the same guy who gave us stronger the same guy who gave us who gave us um all the lights and everything in between you always want to give him the benefit of the doubt and you guys are enabling this behavior and you guys are just using his mental health as a crutch to say oh he doesn't really know what he doesn't really know how to articulate his thoughts if that's the case then why is he talking why aren't you saying that somebody should should talk for him or should take the, the phone out of his hand but no we're in this era now where we just allow Klein to say whatever he wants to say now i know some people have made the argument that you know, Kanye has always been like this. He's always been a contrarian. He's, he's always been counterculture, and I agree. He always has. He came into the rap game at a point in time where, while everybody was rocking like four XL long tees and 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 jean shorts that actually just look like pants all together, he came in wearing his polos and and fitted jeans and and everything in between. I get it. He was the guy saying George Bush don't care about black people. We get it. He was the guy you know collaborating you know, with people like uh, Adam Levine of Maroon 5, for example, or Chris Martin of Coldplay. We get it. Like, you want to be counterculture. You want to collaborate with people in and outside of, of the rap game. I get it. But the problem now is the fact that the things that you're saying and you're messaging not only contradict you, but they're also pretty harmful as well. So, again, the comments that he made in recent years, like, like slavery was a choice. Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves. Make America great again. Aligning himself with Donald Trump, who's a modern day fascist dictator. White Lives Matter. These are all very divisive and destructive slogans and statements that you are putting your name on. So at this point, I'm not even, like, of course I'm mad at Kanye for saying this shit, but, but at this point, I expect that from Kanye. What I'm more annoyed at is the fact that people are letting him get away with this. That's what I'm most annoyed and upset at the most. People are letting him get away with these comments and this attitude and this behavior. Just by relying on the music and and by saying, oh, he's a genius. You know, geniuses are often misunderstood and everything. It doesn't give you the right to be a dick. I just don't like how the goalpost gets shrunken down for Kanye, but then it gets widened for everybody else. No, call it down the middle and keep that same energy same energy for everybody. But no, we want to give Kanye a pass because he gave us the college dropout. Or that somewhere down in, in Kanye's soul, the old Kanye is still there. No, the Kanye that we knew and loved is dead. This Kanye now exists. I've been saying this for years and I will still say it. So, for all the people out there who want to condone his behavior and just gaslight it and be like, oh, is this Kanye being Kanye? No. Like, as far as I'm concerned, you're part of the problem because you're enabling that behavior. But those are just my two cents on that. What do you people think about that? Again, let me know. Hit me up on all my socials and feel free to share your thoughts on that. All right, let's get to trip talk now. You guys already know the deal of trip talk. Three of the hottest topics that took place within hip hop and pop culture. And with that being said, uh, here we go. So, first topic I wanted I wanted to talk about was uh, Will Smith. Yeah, I'm still not over Will Smith and his and his stupidity. And apparently, it looks as though his stupidity will continue because a trailer was released sometime last week, if I'm not mistaken, for a new film or miniseries, one of the two that he is set to premiere on Apple TV+. Plus. Now, I didn't bother remembering the name of the movie or the project in general because it's a slave movie. That's why. And Will Smith is playing the slave of the slave movie. Now, the reason I... Okay, I hate this for so many reasons, but I'm just going to break it down in the most simplest way possible. Will Smith is doing this project because he is still attempting... ...to once again claim his black card from the black community. This is why I hate it. Think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Will Smith, throughout his 30-plus year career in the entertainment industry... ...has never once done a slave movie or show. In fact, outside of maybe his portrayal of Muhammad Ali in Ali... He's never really done a role that hinged on his blackness. And typically when you are a minority character in a show or movie, your ethnicity becomes a part of your character. Sometimes it's your entire character altogether, which is another trope in Hollywood, which is extremely lazy. But that's the story for another day. But nonetheless, this is the first time that Will has done this. And Will is over 50 years old. Like Will is at the point where he doesn't need to do this. Will is actually hustling backwards because minority actors, especially when it comes to black actors, typically when they're trying to get on, they will play a stereotypical role, whether it's a slave or a pimp or a gangster or or a welfare queen or whatever the case may be. They will typically play those roles to launch themselves into something potentially bigger. Will doesn't need to do that. Will, I think the first film that Will Smith was in was Six Degrees of Separation. And then from there, I'm talking about, like, film roles, not, like, his TV stuff, because we already know Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, where he was basically playing an extension of himself. But besides from that, he was in, I think it was Karina Karina, I think that was in the other movie, Whoopi Goldberg. And then, you know, he became Mr. Blockbuster with with Independence Day, Men in Black, Wild Wild West, the story continues, on and on and so forth. To me, this is just a pitiful attempt at trying to reclaim his black card from the black community. I-, I can't even say reclaim because like even then people have been shaky over the last 30 years about Will Smith and his quote unquote blackness and what have you, which is probably one of the reasons why he married Jada Pinkett because Jada's blackness was certified. So he probably thought he would get a rub off of her, you know, blackness and what have you. And I know I sound crazy to some people who may not understand what I'm, what I'm talking about, but it goes back to when you know he slapped chris rock on stage way back in what february or march or whatever it was and him getting acceptance from so many people in the black community just on social media alone and then even at the award ceremony when you saw people like samuel l jackson and denzel washington consoling him when they should have been consoling chris rock cuz he was the victim in that entire situation But I feel like one of the main reasons why a lot of black people haven't connected with Will Smith is because in films, he typically doesn't play stereotypical roles. He usually plays a role that would would be given to anyone. All it requires is good writing. It's not based on his race or anything like that. Except for Ali, of course, because, you know, biopic. And because of that, unfortunately, black audiences tend to not really gravitate to him that much. But I feel like now with him putting out this movie about a slave, black audiences are probably gonna go for the low hanging fruit and be like, "Oh my God, he's one of us." First he defends his woman on stage, and now this. Oh my gosh, Hollywood reinstate Will Smith. You know, it's a travesty what they're doing to him. No, it's not a travesty of what Hollywood's doing to y'all. He did it to himself. He slapped somebody on stage on the grandest stage of them all, and he was banned from the Academy for ten years. Now, it doesn't matter how good this movie may end up being, but because of his banning from the Academy, he, he's, he's not even eligible to be uh to be nominated for any project that he puts out between now and a decade from now. All because he wanted to prove the most ignorant form of his blackness in front of a, a worldwide audience. So this is what we're doing in 2022. We're getting a slave movie from Will Smith of all people in 2022. That's what we're doing. Okay. This is by far and beyond a shadow of a doubt the rise and fall of Will Smith, and I'm not happy about it. Question is, however, are you guys happy about it, or what, what do you think about this whole entire scenario in general? Either way, share me your thoughts as always on all my socials. Now let's get to another topic. Let's get to uh, we're gonna we're gonna pivot more into basketball. Actually, uh, let's talk about Draymond Green. All right. So for those of you who don't know, Draymond Green is a professional basketball player who plays for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, he has won four NBA championships with the Golden State Warriors, uh, including th- this recent summer, this past recent summer, where they won their fourth. And he has been seen as the heart and soul of the team. He is the one who is kind of like their, I guess, their spiritual leader. He gets them fired up. He himself is a very fiery individual. Uh, He talks a lot of shit. (laughs) Let's just call it for what it is. And in this scenario, is no different. So he got into an altercation with a fellow teammate by the name of Jordan Poole. And Jordan Poole had what I would call a glow-up season uh, this past NBA season, including in the NBA Finals as well. And because of his... Uh, because of his level of play or well, not because of his level of play just because of contracts but but mostly because of his level of, of play not only is he eligible for a new contract extension but he is also eligible for a max level extension and they see Jordan Poole as one of the stars of the future for that franchise the Golden State Warriors whereas Draymond Green he is now on the veteran side of things he's about 32 now and his main aspect of his game is his defense so he's a very good defender um he's a good playmaker for other players so he likes to pass the ball a lot and coordinate plays and what have you and his offense is like average at best but lately in recent years including this year his his offense has fallen off of a cliff so because of that he is not confident in his in his projections of whether or not he'll get a max contract from the Golden State Warriors, okay? He doesn't know that. And he wants an extension from the Golden State Warriors, and he wants a max-level extension. But the stats that he's produced over the last couple of years don't really warrant that. And their tax bill, as far as an organization, is already high high up there. Like, their payroll is around $500 million uh, at this point, and they're about $40 million over the... uh, the tax right now which you can't go over or else you'll have to pay into that tax so now that I've laid the groundwork for you guys um tension sparked during a practice where they were jawing back and forth and nobody knows for sure what was said but people are speculating that you know Draymond was mad about the fact that he was getting an extension meanwhile Jordan Poole is getting an extension Jordan Poole may have tripped at him because of it and they went head-to-head head with one another, so Draymond, and the video is out there, but Draymond goes into Poole's personal space, which then Pool pushes him, and keep in mind, Pool is about five or six inches shorter than Draymond Green, okay, and Jordan, or Draymond Green is a pretty big physical guy, and so not only does that happen, but when Poole pushes him away because it is his personal space, Draymond lunges at him, and gives him one hell of a punch, and it was enough of a punch to knock him down to the floor. Now, when I'm talking about a punch, it wasn't like some baby punch. Like it's one of those UFC punches where the guy like jumps in and cocks it back, like like a Superman punch. For all my WWE fans, Roman Reigns. That's all I gotta tell you. All right, Roman Reigns. Okay, so he gives him that level of a punch, and that's when everyone freaks out over it because at first. It was announced that he that they got into an altercation, but there was no video footage. But then a day or two later, the video footage uh, surfaced by way of TMZ because somebody within the Warriors office leaked that video to TMZ for probably what, like six figures, give or take? I know they paid quite a bit for uh, uh, undisclosed footage, so to speak. But nonetheless, that's what happened. So I bring that up to say this. Draymond Green is a malcontent in in a lot of scenarios, and this wouldn't be the first time that he has cost his team their futures, whether it's immediate or, or distant future. So when I say that, this is what I mean. In 2016, the Warriors were facing off against the Cavs in the finals. Draymond Green had already had a ton of technical fouls leading into the playoffs and was already known for kicking people in the nuts. And he tried to make it look inadvertent. He tried doing that to LeBron James. It did not sit with the king, of course. They got into a bit of a heated back and forth on the court while while play was happening. And basically Draymond Green got suspended uh, because of the amount of technical fouls that he had. Including that one, which was him trying to kick LeBron James in the nuts or punch him in the nuts, whatever you want to call it. So I say that to say that he cost them that series because the Cavaliers ended up winning that series in seven games. They, they won the series 4-3. Um, the, the the Warriors had an opportunity to win that series, but Draymond Green was a part of the reason as to why they lost. So a couple years later in 2019, they also had Kevin Durant on the team. and That was probably like his third year on the team at that point. And they got into a back and forth on the bench, and basically what he said to him was, "Well, you don't care about our team. Hurry up and leave, whatever." Because uh, Kevin Durant was up for um, was up for uh, his free agency later on that summer, and basically they say that that argument was what led Kevin Durant to leave the Warriors at that point. And so after that, the Warriors had to literally like rebuild their team for about two to three seasons because of all the injuries and of all the people who left the team from that three-year period, from 2019 up until 2021, I would say. And they were dealing with injuries and everything in between as well. So they finally got to a point now where they kind of retooled. They have their big three back. They got a few pieces through trades and, and signings and what have you. And they were able to climb the mountaintop and win themselves a championship. Now we're at a point where they are now trying to defend their championship. And he is now causing animosity with his teammate in Jordan Poole. And breaking news, actually, but about uh, I don't know about breaking, but maybe like an hour or two ago, it was announced that the Warriors and Jordan Poole have agreed to a contract extension and the extension is worth one hundred thirty million dollars. So there you go. They've already prioritized who they wanted, who they want to have on the team long term. Um, Draymond green. He may have screwed up his own bag by doing that. And this is not the first time he's done it this probably won't be the last time he does it either and he's just one of those people who who basically is too much trouble for his own good so what i would suggest to draymond is to calm the hell down handle your affairs accordingly and be civilized now he did say that he was stepping away from the team and the team wasn't going to have any punishment done onto him which to me i think is bullshit and i'm not saying it's bullshit because they should punish him uh, and they didn't but i'm saying that it's bullshit because I feel like they did punish him, but they gave him the opportunity to say that he is taking time away from the team. All to just save face. Especially when when you look at the whole Ime Yudoka Boston Celtics situation and how they completely fumbled the fuck out of that scenario. So I'm sure this is their way of saving face and saying, hey, Draymond has chosen to step away from the team for a bit. He'll be back eventually. But really, it's a low-key suspension under the table. That's why I think. But anyways, what do y'all think about that? Either way, hit me up on all my socials. Let me know your opinion on this matter and what they should have done uh, going forward. And final topic of Trip Talk that I want to get into. Let's get into the trailer that dropped for a movie that I'm sure a lot of people who grew up in my era... A.K.A. the '90s know about, which is called House Party. All right, House Party, the classic, the cult classic film from uh, the rap duo of Kid and Play. It is being rebooted, basically, rebooted, remake, whatever you want to call it. They're basically taking the existing property and they're making it for a 2022 audience. So I don't know who direct, who is directing the film, but the person who is producing the film and putting their money into it is none other than LeBron James. Now, a lot of people say, oh, well, he did the same thing with Space Jam, but Space Jam, based on what I saw and what I watched, felt like it was more of a uh, a sequel. That one felt like a sequel because it kind of carried on a few of the storylines that happened in the original film. Anyways, that's besides the point. This is an all-out remake. Now, the whole premise of this movie is that there are these two cleaners who get a job to clean, you know, LeBron James's mansion or whatever? And LeBron does make an appearance in the film, uh, and basically, they get the idea that because he's going to be gone for a few days or and what have you, that they should throw the most epic house party of the century in his house. So, throughout the trailer, you see uh, appearances from Snoop Dogg, Kid Cudi, Two Chainz. And a few other people. One appearance I did see for a split second. Was one of the members of Kid and Play. And so I'm like okay. So you at least got the co-sign. Alright fair enough. Um, And it's going to be released in theaters. But it's also going to be released on HBO Max as well. And that's going to be coming out January 9th. Now my personal opinion of this film. Or the idea of this film. Because I haven't seen it. Is that I wouldn't spend money on this. I'm sorry. I would not spend money on this movie in the theaters streaming if i'm absolutely bored out of my mind and i have no expectations whatsoever and i'm just looking for a cheap laugh add add, add some wine in there and sure i'll give myself a drunk time watching this movie but if you're asking my honest opinion i have no i have no excitement to see this whatsoever and i know that as a culture as a society that nostalgia is one hell of a drug but if this is just a, a hollywood remake then i'd rather just watch the original because the original was original you know what i mean like i would prefer if lebron and co made this movie and called it something else so to just give to just take away and strip away any involvement or any attachment to the original House Party brand. Because by attaching the House Party brand to it, we are now instantly going to compare the two to one another. Now with space shame I understand because it, it was a sequel, but this is something complete or should be completely different. But yeah, I'm not really looking forward to seeing this. Like I don't think I will. Like I I, I personally doubt that I will, unless if again I catch it on streaming. And I have little to zero expectations for it. And I added some drinks in there to make it a fun time. That's about it, really. Because the originals, they just slapped harder. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. They, they just slapped harder. They felt more genuine and more organic. If I'm being completely honest, House Parties 1 and 2 are the best ones. House Party 3 is okay. And then House Party 4 with IMX, uh, as a kid, I liked it. But it was nowhere near as epic as the first two house party movies, it wasn't even close, and I knew that as a 13 year old, but I still watched it anyway because why the hell not? Anyways, I say all that to say that th- I'm not looking forward to this. I'm not, I'm not. The only two movies I'm looking forward to watching at this current time are Black Adam and Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Everything else, y- y'all can wait. I'll see you guys on Netflix or, or Prime or Disney Plus or whatever platform you guys are going to be on, but yeah, I'm not looking forward to this. I'm sorry. But, are you guys looking forward to it? Are you looking forward to seeing, you know, LeBron James produce uh, another film? uh, Which is also being written by Stephen Glover, who is Donald Glover's brother, who also writes Atlanta. Uh, uh, Nonetheless, hit me up with your thoughts. (laughs) Hit me up with your thoughts and let me know what you guys think about this trailer and if you have any excitement for it whatsoever. And that brings us to the conclusion of today's show. But before we exit off... You guys already know what time it is. And on that note, who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been named or crowned the captain of Coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for wankster of the Week. He said you were and you need to stop now, I did say that this week's wankster slaps a little bit harder. And a little bit closer to home, if you will, because fittingly, fittingly, the Wankster of the Week goes to the son of 50 Cent, the son of the person who has crafted us with the Wankster drop at the beginning of each segment of Wankster of the Week. It is going to none other than Marquise Jackson. Why is it going to him? Because he is making the claim that $0.50 child support payments of $6,700 a month is not enough. I kid you not. He did say that. $6,700 a month in child support is not enough, he claims. Okay. Okay okay (laughs) okay so not only did he he say that it's not enough but he's saying that it's not enough to to support him in new york city all right so he made these comments and i'm going to expand further into the comments but he made these comments and social media blasted him for it and rightfully so so he comes back and says and i quote Since y'all think $6,700 is so much money, someone tell my pops I will pay him $6,700 for just 24 hours of his time so we can do everything I ever wanted to do as a kid. All right? So 50 Cent responded back on Instagram like he normally does because he's a troll. And he says the following. This is crazy. You're 25 years old. Why are you still talking about child support? Oh my god. <laughs> Honestly, that's the first thing that I thought of as well. It's like, hold on, isn't this guy like at least in his 20s? Cause and please, somebody correct me if I'm wrong for anyone who uh is in that scenario where they are paying child support. But doesn't child support payments end at 18? I'm I'm just asking. Cause after 18. I don't know, maybe I listened to the gold jigger track way too much, but I'm assuming that after 18, your child support benefits end. Meanwhile, this guy's 25. Actually, no, 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 he's not 25 anymore. As of October 13th, the date that he sent that troll post was, in fact, his birthday. He's 26 now, and he trolled him on his birthday about begging for child support. Yo, 50 is one of the biggest assholes in hip-hop history. But in this scenario, I don't blame him. I'm actually on his side when it comes to this. All right? This is hilarious. Now, it's important to note as well, well, maybe not so important, but whatever. I thought it was a little fun fact, a little Easter egg, if you will, that Marquise is also the same kid who was in 50s wanksta video way back in 2002. Remember the kid who was playing with the uh, the wanksta doll that just so happened to look like Ja Rule? Yeah, that was him, that was Marquise. And now fast forward from 2000, 2002 up until now, he is now 26. So he was six years old in that video. And that video came out around this time in 2002. I should know, I was in high school back then. Fucking hell, I'm old. Um, (laughs) But nonetheless, that was him, and this is him now, complaining that $6,700 a month is not enough money to live in New York City. Keep in mind, $6,700 a month in child support alone equals to about over $80,000 per year. $80,400 $80,400 $80, per year to be exact. I did the math on that. All right. That's before tax. So after taxes, whatever, you're probably looking at like what? Maybe like $75,000. Even then, that is more than the average income of any person in America. You're well above the average. You're living good. Even if you live in New York City, there are people who live in New York City who, who make less annually. And are still living pretty decent. And here's the crazy thing about this. Because I was doing some research on this, and it was said, and this was a long time ago. This isn't even a recent. This is probably like a long time ago that 50 made this that 50 made this clear. But he was on a radio show talking to Marquis's Marquise's mother, and just basically reiterating the fact that he bought and paid for the house that his grandmother used to live in and has now has his son and his son's mother living in that house. So you are living there rent-free, mortgage-free, and that all you have to cover in terms of bills are the utilities. So that 6,700 isn't even eating into the, the, the rent or mortgage of that home. That's already covered. And not only that, but apparently the mother was complaining that 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 the kid doesn't have enough shoes meanwhile 50 blasted her saying that he has 20 pairs of shoes not only that but marquise was recently seen buying jewelry and jewelry especially for rappers or people who want to be affiliated with rappers runs you at least 10k we already know this because rappers like to wear gaudy jewelry But this guy is out here complaining about $6,700 a month in child support and not not even one cent of that is going towards rent or mortgage. My guy, what are you complaining about? What are you really complaining about? When it comes to finances, I don't want to hear shit from you. You are living as comfortably as possibly can be, but because you are infatuated with the lifestyle that your father lived as a rapper, that you want to live that same lifestyle, but you actually have to put an effort in order for that to happen. Now, I know he made some tongue in cheek joke about him saying that he should spend 20 for or that he should spend sixty-seven dollars, sixty seven hundred dollars uh on him for one day to, to spend time with him, whatever. And that goes more to like a personal relationship issue with his dad. I'm not gonna speak on that because I don't know what their dynamics are I know that they've had some spats in the media over the years and I can remember that as far as back as college is concerned but if you're out here talking about finances and saying how 6,700 a month is not enough to live in New York first of all you're crazy secondly control your spending habits and thirdly if you really do feel that way then downsize downsize the fuck out of that shit. And on top of that, it's not like he's living in a penthouse in New York. 50 clearly stated that he's using, that he, that he bought the house that his grandmother used to live in in, in Southside Jamaica, Queens. Now, I don't know how that house looks now. But regardless, you can't be complaining about living in a house on uh, 6700 a month in just child support alone when it's already been bought and paid for. You're not allowed to complain about that. Your privileges have been revoked at that point. Now, like I said, that video was from years back. So I don't know if he's still living in that same house. So for all I know, maybe he's trying to live that lavish life within a penthouse in Manhattan or something like that. And if that's the case, downsize. You If you, if you can't afford that type of luxury then downsize go for the essentials stop chasing luxury at that point so for all of that i'm giving him the wankster of the week because he's a jackass and this is a, a wankster that he most definitely deserves but anyways i digress ladies and gents i want to thank you for tuning in like you normally do this was a fun episode i enjoyed that i'm gonna try and give you some more content on a regular basis I normally try to do nowadays I usually try to go anywhere between bi-weekly to about a month uh, at most just so I can get all the best stories and content for you guys to kind of talk about and pontificate on and just so it's not like random filler stories that don't really have a whole lot of weight to it but that is my intention for you guys going forward so again your Mm -hmm. listenership is always appreciated Um, you can always hit me up on all my platforms Uh, it will be on Twitter Facebook instagram either at dm underscore cool or cool for thought also to listen to my show you can stream it on spotify uh streaming on soundcloud stream it on google play music as well so once again thank y'all for tuning in and as you already know cool radio is a division of cool click media and entertainment reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies keep it gravy and wavy we are out of here peace